This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys. Today on the podcast, I sat down and chatted with Stacy Bisher. Stacy is a few different things. She is currently the PE teacher at Hancock High School. Uh, she worked as a personal trainer in management at Snap Fitness. Uh, she worked at Aspirus for a while in their athletic department as well. Um, but just a, a competitor at least internally, right? She's, for example, ran at least one mile per day for the last seven years uh, and does other challenges and always pushing herself and, and really trying to encompassing a positive mindset, a positive health, wellness uh, from, a, from a fitness and nutrition, just the whole picture uh, and, and trying to help spread that out in, into the world. So it's fun to hear about where that came from, uh, how that started and what's that has meant to her and where that's brought her to today. So I enjoyed this one. I hope you guys do also. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Stacy, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is a fun opportunity. Yeah. Before we just went live, we were talking about some of your uh, like college career history, stuff like that. You yes. said you went to school for education, but you, were you, were you, uh, playing a sport at that time or what were you doing when you went to school? Nope. Um, I, I did basketball and track in high school. Okay. And then, uh, once I graduated high school, I was done with sports. I, I mean, I did intramural basketball, but I went straight to Northern and, um, my degree was technically secondary education, special education. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was doing all my prereqs and, um, I, at that point I never even got into the education program yet. Okay. Uh, the reason I ask is because you ended up switching to fitness management, health and fitness management, health right? and fitness management. Yes. Uh, and you are a trainer. You taught for many years. You are now the gym teacher at, is it what, what part of Hancock schools? Hancock high. So nine through 12th, um, PE and health. Okay. Sounds good. I was just curious if that all tied into, cause a lot of times that trajectory might include being a college athlete as well. So I was curious if you played. Right. Actually, my story is a little, yeah, my story is actually really interesting. I was not a college athlete. Um, I ended up switching my degree into health and fitness management because, um, I wanted to impact, I wanted to work with people and help impact their lives the way that health and fitness had impacted mine. Mm -hmm. Um, my first two years of college, I went through the whole like freshman 15, I wasn't active. Um, looking back now, I probably would say that I was, I could have been clinically depressed and not mm. have known it. Mm -hmm. um, and I came home that second summer after my sophomore year and I was just disengaged. I kind of stayed at home, hung out with family. I didn't hang out with my friends. Um, and when I went to go back to school that school year, I had a really great roommate, a, a new roommate. Me and her were sharing an apartment. Um, she was a positive person. We got together, you know, we set up our apartment and I thought to myself, this is gonna be a different year. Hmm. She, just in spending those um, few hours with her setting up that apartment, she had made a positive impact on me. And I still remember driving down the street 
where that apartment building was, leaving, thinking, I'm going, I'm going to change my life right now. Hmm. And it, 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 I still remember looking at the building when I thought that, but I thought this is a choice and I'm making a choice to establish some healthier habits. And at that point I went, came back to Houghton, um, ended up packing up my parents' car and a bike. They brought me down, dropped me off with a bike. I didn't even take my car back to school. Um, and I said, I'm going to bike. I'm going to walk everywhere. I pulled out my laptop because we didn't have cell phones back then. Or mm-hmm. we did, but we didn't have internet access on our cell phones. Pulled out my laptop, started researching nutrition, um, went to the PEEF there, their fitness center for students, got a year-long membership. And I just started implementing these little healthy habits into my life. And um, three to four months later, I had lost like 30, 40 pounds. When I came hmm. over Christmas, I had lost like 30, 40 pounds. I was um, happy. I was doing great in my classes. I had, and from that moment on now, what, 16, 17 years later, I've just, I've been, it's been a rolling ball ever since. Yeah. That was your second year. Like the first year was the more rough year. The first second and second year. year were pretty. Yeah. I mean, the first it? year you lived, I lived in the dorms and I had an on-campus job and it was yeah. like, I was getting up and going on campus at eight o'clock and not getting off of it till five because I was just, you know, going to work and going to class all day long and I was just Mm. overwhelmed and stressed. And my second year I lived off campus and that's where, you know, you, you start learning about, or you start cooking on your own and Mm -hmm. you start taking care of yourself and you're eating like processed foods and you're going out to eat with friends and you're eating fast food and you're staying up late and you're not getting adequate, adequate sleep. And I was just like in this yucky lifestyle looking back at it. I mean, it wasn't anything extreme, Mm -hmm. but it definitely wasn't any, thing positive or where I am today. For sure. Um, so then, so it was after that second year that I, that I started making those changes and, and yeah. I thought, wow, I feel like it said it took three or four months and I felt like a whole new person. Hmm. And I went back to school that winter of my third year and I went to my advisor and I said, I know what I want to do. I want to be in the health and fitness field and hmm. I want to help people that were in my shoes before become the person that I am now. Yeah. So that, Okay, that timeline all makes sense to me. The third year, that fall, is when you met your new roommate who was positive. And then after that fall semester is when you came back and said, hey, this is what I want to do. Like, this made a huge impact on my life. But I'm curious, how do you... And you talk in hindsight, maybe pretty comfortably now, saying, hey, Mm -hmm. maybe I was even clinically depressed for the first two years, right? And maybe it's something that a lot of like post high school students probably even go through. Right. Mm -hmm. But how did you make the connection to like your, 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 uh, nutrition and, and working out and stuff like that? Because a lot of people, it seems like they'd be seeking other things. I don't know. How did you make that connection? Um, I, you know, I, well, obviously physically I had gained weight, Sure, you know, so that's just an uncomfortable feeling in itself. Um, she was, she had some, she, she was more to nutrition than I was. So mm-hmm. just being, I remember we went down there, we were setting up our apartment and um, sh- we made sushi mm-hmm. and we went and bought like fresh avocados. And she, I just made this little connection there that the better you treat your body, the happier you are. It was kind of just a, it was a click. Yeah. And of course, you know, I've had coaches that have um, inspired me you know when as i was young and it just kind of all it came together Mm -hmm. and you just start thinking about those people that um are involved in sports or consistent exercise or recreational activities and you know they're they do have a a positive mindset Mm -hmm. and it just kind of all clicked right there Hmm. 
That's so crazy that it lead to that moment though. I know, it did. And it didn't, like I said, yeah. I still remember going down the street and it was, it was the most simple concept to me to change how I feel now. All I have to do is A, B, C, D. Right. I have to move more. I have to eat better. I have to get better sleep. And I thought, that's it. Yeah. I have to, that's all I have to do. Right. And just, you know, the Nike slogan, you just do it. Yeah. It's complicated. It, you know, it can be, it can be complicated. It can be hard. It can be frustrating, but the concept is simple in mm -hmm. itself. Yeah. That's still just crazy to me. I mean, it makes sense. Like, right. Yeah, my wife is, is a personal trainer. Yeah. I, I'm going through some health things right now where I'm really intense on a diet level, mm -hmm. trying to fix some certain things. And again, you, it's a lifelong thing. Like for sure. Like me post high school, absolutely. Like late nights, no sleep, mm -hmm. eating the worst of the worst, like not good. Like your typical thing. Right. Right. Um, and since then I've learned so much, I've gone through so much to the point where it's like, yeah, you can't get there overnight. Like your nutrition knowledge, right? Like that takes years of, of whatever to get there. But where I'm getting to is just, <sighs> I keep saying it, but it's just, weird how you could even have that connection that you just knew right then it was health and fitness. Cause again, I don't think many people make that connection. Yeah. And I don't think I said it's health and fitness. It's, it was more, I, I mean, I knew I needed to move more. I knew I'd gained weight and maybe mm -hmm. it was, you know, thinking about like my grand, my grandma and my aunts and, and the women in my family, they were, you know, they've always had that, like that diet culture. And it was mm -hmm. always like this physical thing. And, and I knew physically I had gained weight and, and maybe that was, you know, kind of playing also in the back of my head, like to lose weight, to be happy because that's what they, I don't associate that now. Sure. Um, but maybe that had an impact and don't, and don't get me wrong when I, you know, I was 20 years old. So back then it, like I said, I got on the internet and I was, we shouldn't even use the term nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, it was probably more of like a diet culture that I was looking into at that point. I knew I needed to restrict calories and I knew I needed to move more mm -hmm. to lose this weight and feel better in that retrospect. Sure. Um, now it's totally different. I mean, now it's not, it's, it's the, the positive that it provides my life, my, the positive mindset, um, the physical benefits that I get from movement. It's not about restricting calories or moving more. It's, you know, it has nothing to do with that, but my 20 year old self started there. And yeah. of course now I've had 15, 16, 17 years to progress. Right. For sure. And it's always going to evolve, right? Yeah. But still to make that connection, even to go into that, because it feels like the typical response, maybe not typical, but you just picture the outside response being like, Hey, I need to research more. I need to go. I don't know. Just there's like a, a select person that goes down that path. My wife is that for sure. Mm -hmm. Like if she can work out and train, she's a way more happier person, more calm, collected, whatever it might be. Um, where if she, if she can, she can eventually say like, Hey, I need to get back in the gym. Like she can tell a huge difference and myself too. Right. The same deal. I'd say everybody's that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just cool that you could get back to that. But yeah. is there, is there also too a connection where, okay, you had to, do you think about this of like, you feel like you were called to do this probably, right? Cause you went through that. Like you I were, do. Yeah, uh, it, exactly. But you had to, not that we're going to like over dramatize where you went to, but you <laughs> had to like get to a point of pretty I was big, low. Yeah. Like, pretty big low point, right. To be like, right. this is what I meant to do. Whereas if you had intersected yourself like a year and a half earlier, maybe you will not have the same impact or have the same inner fire within you or something no, like that. No, definitely. Yes. And that's exactly when I marched into my advisor's office, I, who probably saw that, uh -huh. that, fire in me and he was like all right let's do this we switched my classes around you know it was in the middle of a year um and i started that winter semester um with a whole new 
class course load than I had when I left for Christmas break. So yeah. yeah. Is there a, you talk about, okay, potentially being clinically depressed, whatever else, isn't there a thing where like you take brain scan activity levels and like somebody who was in that mode, there might be like a lack of activity. I don't know how quite how to phrase this, but I'm curious, like if you could have a brain scan of like pre that moment and post that moment of like oh, how you be. were. Yeah. It would be interesting to see a brain scan, um, even, you know, testing, even you know, going through old, old journals, comparing them to now, um, there would be, I, I, I was a different person. Yeah. Yeah. And to think that all, all that has changed is my movement, my nutrition, and that has changed my mindset. It's changed my life. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So once you started on that path, what did you find? Like, were the classes super engaging? And probably that depends what class it was, right? Totally. Or- classes were super engaging. Those first two years um, that I was struggling, you know, I was taking prereqs and a lot of them were lecture classes where you go in, you take four, maybe five exams throughout the throughout the semester. Um, then I got to go into a lot of my classes happened at, at the PEEF, which is, uh, you know, where a lot of their health and fitness classes are. It's where their fitness center is, their their weight room for the um, general public. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my classes happened there. The professors were, they, they, they were representative of the life that I knew I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just envision what a person living a positive lifestyle, what they what they shine, what they bring out. And mm-hmm. all my professors brought that out. Um, they were just positive. They were energetic. Um, you could just see health. And, and that doesn't mean fitness. So that doesn't mean they were fit, but you could just, they lived a healthy lifestyle. So they're very engaging. They were great to listen to. They were great to have conversations with. Mm-hmm. Um, the topics were were all engaging. It was, yeah, it was a whole new life. Right, right. That's pretty cool that you can find that again, you had to get to that point to, to say, Hey, this is super impactful. I can't wait to help other people with this. And now you're really engaged in that class setting. Where did you take it from there? Then you, you graduated. So then I, yep. Then I graduated. Um, it took me two and a half years after that point. Um, and when I was in education still prior to that happening, I yeah. was taking a little bit more, um, I was doing a little bit more English courses than I had to mm-hmm. because, um, when I was studying education, I either wanted to do special education or English. Mm-hmm. So I started taking more English classes than I than the normal student had to because I thought maybe I would teach English one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when I switched my major, I ended up getting an English minor out of it. So I ended up taking some English classes on top of that. Um, so I ended up finishing my degree in two and a half years after those two years of prereqs. Mm-hmm. And I moved back home here. And I got a job at Snap Fitness. Wasn't sure that I wanted to work at Snap Fitness. Um, I I had done my internship at a hospital up here and medical fitness really interested me and I didn't want to go into um, like the corporate world. Mm -hmm. However, the owner was awesome to work with. He was really good to me. I had the opportunity to do management. Mm -hmm. So I sharpened my skill sets in that area. But then at the same time, I... Um, got to do personal training and I kind of got to create my schedule, what worked for me since I was the only employee. It's a 24 seven facility. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of got to spend five years sharpening my skill sets in both areas, management and personal training. In the summers, I did outdoor classes. They didn't have the space for indoor classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did outdoor classes. So I even got to work in that realm as well. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually you worked 
with Aspirus, and now you're again the PE teacher at Hancock High School as well, right? Yes. So then I was at um, I was at Snap for about five and a half years. Terry Smythe. I'm not sure if you know the name. Yep. Yeah. So um, she was she's a local legend. She has now passed from cancer. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but um, she actually she works for she worked for Concept Two row, Rowers, mm-hmm. um, and she had a what she called a body shop in her basement of her home Hmm. and she had clientele that came there and worked out with her well with her job at concept two she would leave to go out of town a lot so she approached me at snap and she said hey you know i know you're not you don't have a consistent schedule here i was wondering in your downtime if you could come and fill in for me when i'm out of town and i said sure that sounds great so i went to her house met the ladies um, did a workout with them we we clicked it was awesome it was so nice to work with terry again that's who i had done my internship with sure um finish wrapping up at northern um and then she said okay well we'll we'll start next week well she called me like two days later and she's like i hate to tell you this but aspirus has a job position open for a fitness coordinator i know you'd be perfect for it Hmm. i don't even want to tell you because i don't want to lose you but um she's like this would just be it's a great opportunity for you so i had applied and you know she was one of my references and um I ended up getting the position there. So then I became the fitness coordinator at Aspirus. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, so worked at Aspirus for a while, right? Yeah. How many years were you there? Six years. Okay. And then you became the PE teacher at Hancock High. You, you, you said you went, John Crows gave you some advice, right? Took a master's program through University of Phoenix online. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, and went to teach at Hancock High. So it came full circle back to education, eh? It did. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. I think about that often too. I was like meant meant to meant to do that, right? And obviously, I wasn't meant to do special ed, or and I wasn't meant to do English, but I was meant to teach what I'm teaching now. Yeah, for sure. The we talked about before too. You said you push yourself quite a bit, right? You try to anyway. And, I do. And yeah, I'm very regimented. I'm very. Uh, I have. Um, I'm very determined. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you say for the last is it seven years or so roughly you've been doing a mile a day every day no matter what is that yes at least it's i have to correct at yeah. least a mile yeah. um and i did just hit my seven year mark um november 26th yeah. so i did hit my seven year mark anniversary it's at least a mile a day mm-hmm. um every day regardless of how i'm feeling or what's going on in my life or hmm. what my schedule is i i have to at least fit in that mile yeah sure This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Breakwater Federal Credit Union in Houghton, Michigan. Banking with a credit union is ideal because there are less service fees and lower loan interest rates than a regular bank. Plus, they are local and staffed by our family and friends. New members can use the coupon code OBSESSED when they come to open an account and receive $50 in their account. This coupon code expires March 31st, 2023. If you're looking for a financial institution that puts you and your financial health first, be sure to check out Breakwater Federal Credit Union. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. 
They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. And that's what I was going to ask you is what has your, okay, we had that moment, right? That big moment back in college, but Mm -hmm. what has your like, uh, uh, fitness nutrition, what has that trajectory looked like alongside of your career through this whole time? And of course there's gotta be different chapters of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I call them seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So I've gone through many different seasons. Um, like I said, when I first started at 20, I was, it was probably more focused on, I just, you know, I, on external, I Mm -hmm. just want to lose weight and I'm going to eat this many calories a day and I'm not going to worry about sugars or how many nutrients or macronutrients I'm taking in. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to make sure that I work out this much. And, um, then it went into more of a balanced mindset. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, in my twenties, as I learned, learned more and did trial and error. Um, now movement and nutrition for me is about feeling the best that I can. Okay. Um, and I move because it makes me the positive, productive person that I like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with my nutrition. My I see food as fuel. Right. And I love food. Yeah. Like I love to cook. Um, I love to host. I love to have friends over and cook for them. Um, but it's food is a fuel source for me and, and, um, it's not about restricting and, you know, working out isn't about burning so many calories and getting my heart rate here. Like it was in my twenties. And, Mm -hmm. um, now it's just about the movement and the, and the positivity that it brings me physically and mentally. Yeah. Right. It sounds like right now you're not putting a ton of, like you said, you're not like, Hey, what can I get my heart rate to how much time? And what's the, the counting that is that more because your, your mindset has changed or more because you've kind of like honed in, you know, where you need to be. It's probably a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like sometimes, you know, I still have workouts where I want to get my heart rate up to a certain time, but it's mm. not every, you know, five or six days a week. I have to do 50 minutes of this and I have mm-hmm. to lift this many days. And you know, I've done strict programs, 12 weeks long, 16 weeks long, 12 weeks long challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more mentally exhausting. It takes the, it takes the benefit out of doing it. Sure. The, the positive mindset and, um, it turns it more into a job and, and then it becomes a negative aspect. And now I'm, you know, I'm, my husband and my son, I, what's more important to me in life is being able to spend time with them. So working out six, seven days a week and taking that time away from my family isn't worth it to me, Sure, but it's important to me to make sure that I stay positive. You know, I have that positive mindset. Um, so getting that physical movement in every day is still, is still top priority so that I can be the best mom and the best wife I can be for them. Yeah, for sure. How did that mile a day thing start? It's actually a runner's world. I I don't know if they still do it. I didn't hear anything about it this past year when Thanksgiving came up, but in uh, 2015 runner's world did a challenge where they called it the runner's world run streak. So they challenged their readers, um, to run at least one mile from Thanksgiving day through new year's day. And basically it was just to keep people on track for the holidays, I think. 
Um, so I did that. And then, you know, January 1st, I ran my mile. Well, I conquered the challenge. Well, then you wake up on January 2nd and like, why do you not do it? Right. You know, I've obviously had a good day. I wasn't feeling sick. I, you know, I, I had the time that day and I thought, well, why wouldn't I go run one mile? Right. It's, for me, it's less than 10 minutes of my day. Um, I generally do some sort of exercise every day anyway. So even if running wasn't my exercise that I was going to do, let's say I was going to do a weight workout mm-hmm. while I could do a mile for a warm up or part sure. of my warm up. So I went January 2nd and then, Jan- and then pretty soon it's like, well, let's see if I can make 100 days. Mm-hmm. So then you go for a hundred days and then it's like, well, like when do you stop? Right. Okay. And then it, and then you have 200 days and, and you have a, and, you, and you're sick. Yeah. Now, are you that sick that you really want to give away 200 days? No, you can push through that yeah. mile at least. So then you, you know, you, and then, and then you get crazy. Cha- I've had crazy challenges along the way and that I've had to overcome to keep the street going at this point. But now it's so after seven years, what really would it take for me to give that up? Yeah. And it's just more of like a stubborn, like willpower thing at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, now it's, yeah. it's kind of a, just a fun thing now yeah. as well. What were some of the biggest hurdles you had to overcome? Oh, um, let's see. Well, recently last year I had COVID and I mean, I was sick on the couch with, you know, fever and, um, didn't even want to put my contacts in. I went out running in my pajamas one day on our property, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, feeling horrible, no, no energy whatsoever. Um, another year on July 3rd, we had beautiful weather. It was like 80 something degrees, humid. And I had strep throat, hmm. like went to the hospital or went to the doctor, diagnosed strep throat. I had a 102 degree temperature. I had to go red, run that mile. Hmm. And then of course, living up here, you know, like, can you imagine the winter storms? And, yeah. you know, just the other day when it was blowing snow and rain and sleet, you have to go out and you still have to at least get that mile in. But here's the thing it's taught me. A lot of times we think that it's bad and, you know, you a lot of people just cop it up and use it as an excuse like, oh, I was going to run today, but the wind is 20 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And generally that that's probably, you know, somebody might say, yeah, that's a good reason. Or you can tell yourself that's a good reason to not do it or to go to the gym, you know, go to the gym instead and do it inside. But um, once you get out there, sometimes it's not nearly as bad as you would think. Yeah. And sometimes it's actually better, better than you, you know, better than you would think and, and uh, or better than a a nice summer day some of those winter days running it's it's actually more refreshing than a hot summer day yeah for sure have have you done the uh 75 hard are you familiar with that no i have not but i have considered it yeah um the only thing that worries me is the time okay the time commitment that it would take every day for 75 days right um that, that's what that reminds me of because so my wife and i did that and one of the workouts has to be outside yes right? um and there it, it, it's like that for a reason right mm-hmm. because you're gonna be like hey it's raining out i don't want to go out there but usually about then like 10 minutes like this is unreal right Good thing i came out here right or it's 40 degrees you think this can be cold but it's like no this is like you said way better than when it's 80 yeah right? um but there's something there and there's also something about the everyday like once you just put it into your life mm-hmm. like i found like this is unreal i could live like this forever you know right. even though it's hard to whatever else like I, i'm gonna do it again and wrap it up a notch i think but mm-hmm. um and technically we made it to 70 days but I, I, my wife finished it i started a week after her and then we were i was heading out west to do this guiding oh. thing and 
they were feeding. Anyways, um, so I'm going to do it again. Ramp it up. And that's, still a, that's still a great accomplishment. So congrats on that. 70 days. Yeah. yeah. And it's all scaled. Like we've got three little ones. So like a lot of it was like walks with the kids. You know what I mean? Or 11 o'clock at night, I'm out around Hancock running or whatever. Right. That's exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like the run streak there. Um, so when I celebrated my seventh couple weeks ago, seven years, I uh, went through old pictures and I actually had a picture from when my son, it's funny to think he's eight now. Mm -hmm. And I think he was two or three in this picture, but I have a picture and I remember exactly the day it was a snowy winter day and my husband had to work. It was a Saturday. So he never really has to work on the weekends. He had to work on the weekend and um, I had to get my run in and I wanted to get it in before dark and I didn't know if my husband would be home. So I put my son in a well, I say toboggan, mm-hmm. you know, a plastic sled with a rope. And I we live on a busier back road. So I found a gravel road nearby that was covered in snow. And I jogged and I pulled him up and down that road <laughs> until <laughs> I hit that mile. But I mean, it sounds crazy right. if you if you didn't do it. But once you're doing it, you're like, this isn't that bad. Right. And I'm still keeping this big goal going, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And one other one is... Um, we did a canoe trip down the Sturgeon River one year. Okay. We left on Friday, so I was able to run that morning, and then we were getting off the river on Saturday, so I could run when we got off the river, but I thought, what am I gonna do on sa- or Saturday when we're on the river? Because mm-hmm. we got back on Sunday. Um, so I packed my running shoes in the, in, it was July, August, packed my running shoes in the canoe, and then Saturday morning we woke up, we just camped on the riverbank. Woke up, got in our canoe, um, went down the river, the first, here we are like out in Pelkey or something. Mm-hmm. The first bridge that we came across pulled over the canoe. Yeah. My husband held the canoe on the riverbank. I dug my shoes out, put my <laughs> shoes on, crawled up through the woods, got to the, got to the highway and, uh, or the back road and ran a half mile down and a half mile back. So it, it sounds ridiculous, Yeah. but when there's a will, there's a way. Right. There's always this weird, again, I'm, I'm relating what you do. I did it 75 days, you're doing yeah. seven years. So it's a different thing, but I at least got a taste of it. Right. No, for sure. Uh, is like, we were downstate for my brother's wedding and we still had to do these two things every day. And it's like, you got all these family yeah. functions and, and this and that. And you're like, no, you got to get up early. Or again, we were out there at midnight walking or whatever it took. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're like, what are we doing? It's 1130. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? And you, but you go out there and afterwards, like that was unreal. Like, thank goodness we did yeah. this. Right. Uh, there's absolutely something about it, but also it removes, I've heard people say like, if you make it a part of your life, like every single day, it removes any like question about it. Like it's just, this is your life. Like, let's go. And there's actually some like piece of having that like set in stone versus uh, a question mark maybe. And I think that's why it became hard to give up because that's a, that's nice to have. It's nice to have that be a part of your life and not have it be a question. So for me, the thought of not having it there and like, I don't, I don't want that. I want, I want it to just naturally be there and me to naturally do it and to know that I have to do it. I don't want to have to question whether or not I should, I should do it. Mm -hmm. There's been so many times where like on a Sunday where, um, maybe we want, you know, it's summer and we want to take the boat out or we want to go to the Harbor for the day. And, and I would have just not done anything that day physically Mm -hmm. active, um, and I go out to run my mile 
And then it's like, well, hold on. I'm going to run two more because I'm feeling good. Or I call my husband. I have my cell phone on me while I'm running. And I started my mile, but I'm feeling really good. So I'm going to be like 30 extra minutes. I'm going to do four today. Or I get back and I'm like, do you mind if I do 30 minutes of weights? I just, my, you know, my adrenaline's going, my endorphins are going, I'm feeling good. And so what it's, it's kept me more than just a mile. It's, you know, or I've got really gotten into yoga the past four years and generally days that I wouldn't do yoga, I'll go for my run. And then that my post stretch ends up to be like a 30 minute flexibility routine or yoga routine. And it's just opened the doors to so many things. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's silly. I mean, it's one mile, but it's, it, like I said, it just opens the door to doors to so many more opportunities. Yeah. The, your story is similar to Bugsy Sailor. Are you familiar with him? The sun, Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. The sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. So his was the same deal. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and listen, even like started off initially. Hey, let's do this for 30 days and let's keep going. You know, and it's been over three years now, every single morning without fail, he has to catch a sunrise. Uh, I asked him like, where's the end of it? But same question to you, where is there an end or is it like once you like physically are unable or what's the, for me, I think at this point it would have to be, I would have to be physically unable to and I mean, I've ran through injuries. I've had my wisdom teeth out. I've had to run through, like I said, I had COVID, mm-hmm. um, strep throat. I've, I, even when I was working at Aspirus, I worked right next door to the physical therapist. And at one point I remember I had such bad hip pain and they were like, you have to stop. Right. Like just <laughs> take, take two or three days off. I'm like, I can't, right. it's going to ruin my streak. Yeah. Just, just take the time off. It's worth it. You, you know, you don't want, and I just, I kept my streak going, but they were slow miles yeah. and they were easy miles. And I, you know, and that was it. It was just that one mile. I didn't push it any longer. I, you know, I laid off the weights and, um, thank goodness I nursed myself back to health and I was able to work through those injuries. But right. so I would, you know, it'd have to be like a, surgery or you know something where i'm physically unable to yeah but like is there is there a time limit like 80 years old will still i mean you there's as 80 long year old as runners, god right? allows me i guess yeah. yeah i can't i can't what how, how else would i pick an end date yeah so i thought like for bugsy like it's either you need to do it forever mm-hmm. or have some like dramatic ending for you yeah. like have some dramatic like I don't know what it is, run out ultra or something, some like exclamation right. point. But even then, like clearly it's a hugely beneficial part of your life. So why would you? If I, yes, right. let's say I said, uh, well, I'm at seven now, so 10 years doesn't sound that grand, but let's say I said when I turn 50, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm 50 years old in one day and I just chose not to run, even though I'm healthy and able, right. I, ju- I just, I don't see that working for me. Yeah. There's a funny, you talked about being, again, bringing it back to that time of being clinically depressed or whatever. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you even mentioned, uh, I'm not trying to put a pinpoint on that. I'm just tr- no, tying fine. that in other things. Yeah. So, and you mentioned uh, a period where you had like three to four months before student teaching where you're like, ah, oh, man, I like, and it, you potentially weren't gonna be able to student teach, but then it worked out or whatever. Right. right. Um, I'm reading a book right now where the, there's like this mindset of the unemployed or the person without like a career trajectory. That's mm-hmm. like a pretty empty, hollow feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, tying that into different things i'm thinking about there's that element of it too but then also like the the drive for a goal of like the purpose w- yeah the drive for the a goal routine. well that part of it but like that there's like this emptiness once it's done so instead of making a goal hey i want to make it a year or 120 days you have goals like i want to be a better father I, you know what i mean unfulfilling right. or like goals that can't be fulfilled right does that make sense right yeah it's so like your goal is a, your, your goal is a mile a day and that's forever that like you have like some mental health there versus like, I want to go a year. Cause once the year's over now, what, you know, right. But 
that can be, I mean, you can find mental health or whatever in any aspect of life. It doesn't have to just be running goals, but I'm just thinking about that part of it is like, it feels like there's probably some pretty big, I mean, you, you said there is right. Some pretty big, like psychological benefits from having this never ending goal. Yeah. Right. So my mile now has transitioned before it was just get my mile in. And I, and I've, I was lucky when I worked at the fitness center and at, um, I was, yeah, the fitness center because I had the opportunity, you know, I had treadmills, I had, you know, I could go outside on a break and I, I was always dressed in something that I could basically go running. And um, now that I'm teaching, it did worry me when I went to teaching. I knew I, um, my schedule was going to change and I'm in the classroom. But mm-hmm. um, um, now my mile has primarily shifted to being in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a person that exercises in the morning. All my fitness classes at Aspirus, I, I had them mostly in the morning. Um, but now it's, I'm, I'm going super early. It's like 4.45, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I most days I wake up when that alarm goes off, I'm just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, oh, I wish it was Saturday. Oh, I right. wish it was Sunday. Or, oh, I wish I could sleep in. Or, I don't want to get out of this warm bed. And, but I physically make myself, I always say, I always tell people it's a physical thing. It's not a mental thing because my mind is saying lay here. And even though my mind is, my mind is staying, saying 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, I physically just make my body get up. It goes against my mind. Yeah. I physically just have my, have myself do that. I get dressed and then I start my exercise routine mm-hmm. for the day, whatever that may be. Um, it, from when I'm done with that routine, just that day, I'm, I'm a different person than I was from those five minutes, you know, from the first five minutes that I woke. Um, and you've probably heard like you know, one of the po- most positive things a person can do is get up and make their bed mm-hmm. because they're accomplishing something first thing in the morning. And, and if they can tackle that, they can tackle anything. Right. Well, I make my bed, but I also make sure that I do my run and I conquer that goal. And then after that, it's insane the mindset that I have compared to when I first get up. Like, especially now I've noticed it a lot in the last um, two years teaching, I'm in a new profession. Mm-hmm. So it's it's stressful, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still having challenges every day. Uh, so when I wake up and I think about my lesson, maybe I'm implementing a new lesson plan or maybe I'm dealing with a different challenge um, at school. And I wake up and I think, oh my gosh, I have to do that lesson today or is this going to work out? Do I have the right things? Um, are these students going to be here today? You know, whatever. And then I block it out. I do my exercise. I do my run. And I, you can ask my husband, I I open the door, I come in from outside. I can't believe I was worried about anything. I'm going to conquer today. Today, you know, today's not going to be an issue. Everything is going to work. I mean, I'm just a different person. Right. And sometimes it is only 10 minutes. You know, so it doesn't always take a 45 minute exercise session. Sometimes it is just a 10 minute um, run outside or sometimes it is, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more, but, um, the mindset that it gives me to start my day on a positive, a positive note. And I, I honestly feel on top of the world, I can tackle anything that comes at me after that. Yeah. So I like to do it in the morning now because that's what it's done for me. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he talked about the same deal of working out. And he said that if he doesn't work out, whatever his problems of the day are, they're all stacked on top of him vertically, like weighing him down, crushing mm-hmm. him. And once he works out, they all lay out down in front of him horizontally, like that, that way he can tackle visual. them one by yes. one. Um, and for sure, that's how I feel. Like mm-hmm. if I work out 
in the day before work or whatever it might be, I go to work. It's unbelievable how quick, how quicker my brain is or how much quicker my brain is and how things just come to you. And it's just crazy how yes. much different it is versus just like, wake up. Okay. Let's go to work. And you're just like kind of groggy through the whole day. Almost. I know? actually joked about doing this podcast. I said to a friend, I, I wish, I wish I could go do this at like 6am yeah. right after I get done with my exercise. <laughs> Cause you know, I sat in a training all day today and it's fine but yeah, yeah i joked and said i wish i wish we could do this right away in the morning after i do my workout yeah shoot we should have i've done that yeah. that early so it wouldn't have been <laughs> a problem yeah yeah, but. yeah what is the for me there's this like element of uh stubbornness right a huge yeah. element of it right if you're gonna mm-hmm. do it seven years straight clearly but like is there i don't even know how to ask questions sometimes and, and and sometimes there's multiple part questions right but it feels like the stubbornness will drive you to be way harder on yourself than you are on say your clients right oh for sure um and it, it seems like that's a positive thing right i guess it could be too far of it. i mean not saying yours is too far but i'm saying somebody could be way too hard on themselves and never right. give themselves congratulations or something like that but why is that that like you're way softer on your clients than you are on yourself Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have more empathy for someone else yeah. than you do for yourself, or you just have these high expectations mm-hmm. set for yourself. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I'm gonna have to ponder that one a little bit more. Yeah. Cause it's like, what are you thinking? Well, clearly you're all in on this, right? Right. And, and it's something you've thought about. It's a huge part of your life. So there's no point of you being hard on yourself. That's going to like push you away. Right. Right. No amount of you being like, okay, get up, Stacy. let's go is going to make you quit. Right. Whereas potentially with a client that would, right. If you were too hard on them, they would like, Hey, this isn't for me. Have a nice that's day. That's true. So maybe yeah. there's that part of it, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think for like me, like meal deer hunting, right? There's other people who are more into it than I am. They're more passionate than I am, whatever. But like, there's not an element of it that I haven't thought about within reason. And like, I don't know, you just take it so far, right? That you feel like anybody else that you're like instructing or helping, they're just like, if you're at a hundred, a hundred out of a hundred on an interest level or whatever they're at, they're at like 20. So you have to like scale it back to wherever they're at and meet them at their place almost. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, so there's that part of it, but there's a part of me, I don't know. Maybe there's like a, is there like a perfect intersection where you had a client that was, would react the same way to your same intensity? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are people that have the, that are that high intense level as well. Um, but generally I think the people that come for assistance are the people that need, they need that guidance and the people that have mindsets more like me or you, mm-hmm. those are the people that have the ability to do it on their own. So, you know, you don't see those, maybe you don't see those higher levels as much Yeah. in the training aspect. Yeah. And I'm by no means even trying to put myself on your level, right? No. But it, say it's within the mule deer hunting thing, right? There's like yeah. this element of you that's like, okay, say there's a, a place we want to go hunt or this place we want to get into, or there's a deer over there. Like in my head, there is no place that's too far. Nope. Nothing like nothing will stop you. Right. Right. Whereas like you could understand somebody else that's like, ah, we can't get back in there. Like, yeah, maybe you can't or whatever. Right. I, and I, I haven't even come close to doing what a lot of people are doing. So I'm not trying to compare myself to say like some of these extreme things, but just in your head, you have this inner thing that's like, nothing's going to stop me. Right. Right. 
I don't know. I don't know what that means or what, what that is, but it feels like there's like value for the act itself, but that correlates to a ton of other parts of life too, right? Of, of having that stubbornness and nothing's going to stop me, whatever. Like that's good. That translates into a lot of things. I feel like. Yeah. Um, definitely. Having the willpower, having the willpower that it takes to like do a mile a day or, you know, like you've mm-hmm. even doing your 75 hard. Um, it's, it's more than like for, I know this is called the obsessed podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people look at my mile and they're like, you know, I'm sure they, they say, well, she's obsessed or mm-hmm. she's obsessed with running or what it's, it has nothing to do. It's nothing to do with the mile itself. Mm-hmm. It's how it, like I said, it's about waking up every morning. It's how it, how it sets me up for the rest of my day. It's mm-hmm. how it impacts my life as a whole. Not, not just, it's not just about running eight minutes, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's fun to think about, but for me too, yeah, there's a, there's a thing where it's like, initially it was about the mile. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part about me for this is like a lot of times you realize, okay, whatever you're doing is just that like, mechanism at how you learn about life right Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like for you it's not the mile it's about who you are what you've become where it's taking you how you handle the day all that kind of stuff like it's way bigger than the mile or way bigger than exercise or nutrition or for a coach it's way bigger than the sport itself it's about life like it's all what it is you know what i mean and it all like informs and teaches and gives you meaning and whatever else uh it's pretty crazy it's kind of uh well it's like you're it's it's kind of along the line i i always tell my students um, my three rules of life are the three H's. Okay. First of all, you want to be humble. It's one of the most important characteristics I think a person can have. Mm-hmm. Um, next is you want to be honest. Right. Um, and then you want to be hardworking. Yeah. And I feel like a person that encompasses those three things, like they're pretty, they're pretty grounded and they're well-rounded and someone you can trust and someone who's willing to put in the work and get things done. And, um, I think when I do my mile, like that's what I'm proving to myself that mm-hmm. I am, you know, that I do, I'm honest, you know, every day I'm honest. I, I go out and I do that mile and I don't, there's no way I can prove it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband can do a test to, to a lot of them. Friends can when I'm, you know, I've been on vacations with them, but could I have missed a day and have been, you know, dishonest about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I haven't. And you know, that's just my, my being true to myself. Right. Um, and then hardworking, it's, that's just, it's such an important characteristic to me. And that's one thing that I try setting on my students. And, you know, I'm working with teenagers. So sometimes, mm-hmm. and I get it, I remember being there. Um, but that's what the mile, the mile encompasses all three of those characteristics. And, and that's what I think are the three most characteristics a person can have. And that's what I try portraying to my students. And that's the person that I want to be for my students and my friends and my family and, person that I want to be on this earth mm-hmm. and the mile for me kind of just sets that stage. It allows me to, to be those, those things. Sure. Do you, the, the humble side of things, right? Yeah. And, and the hardworking, I appreciate all of it, right? The mm-hmm. honesty I tried, I mean, all of it, I would agree. And it, that's a few different, a few different avenues. I think that's part of what our area like encompasses, right? I do too. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, like that's a huge part of life and the, and the, I'm exploring the humility side of things, meaning 
to me, that's everything. Like if somebody, like I remember growing up as a huge insult, if somebody was like a show off or whatever, right? Yeah. Like that was like, you didn't let me be the furthest thing away from that. Right. And exactly the same. Uh, mm-hmm. To the point where that was a big hurdle for me with this podcast. Like to me, it's like stepping outside of that humble zone, even though it's not like, I don't feel that way, but like there's, I had to work with that and figure out like, at what point is this too far outside of the humility lane that I should be staying within? Right. Uh, and I think that's something to keep in mind, but Dieter Cocken was on here. He was an NHL goalie before. Okay. Now he's a quite a few things. He's a taxidermist, loves to hunt, pretty successful whitetail hunter. Okay. Um, works for the state police, some of their canine training, stuff like that. Pretty cool guy. But he was saying that within every elite athlete, there is an intense level of confidence. They might come across as really cool and calm and collected, but inside they're like, no, I'm the best. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm curious about that is like, is there with the humility like, I think that you probably successfully encompass that and that's what you put out into the world because that's what we value. But like, is there within you an element of like, I'm portraying this humility, but it's like, no, I am a rock star. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're being totally honest with yourself. No, but, and then, and then again, I don't, I honestly don't consider myself an athlete. Sure. Um, no, I'm, pro- I'm so hard on myself. I, I, no, yeah. I don't, I, I don't have that inside me. In yeah. fact, my husband and I have this little joke. We, um, like if I do a half marathon or I do a running race, you know, he, he'll drop me off at the start or he'll be at the start with me and, and I'll look around and I'll say, Oh my gosh, look at, she's like in her like Nike, like $250 Nike shoes. And I'm, you know, sometimes I'm just in my old tank and my running shorts from like 10 years ago. And, Mm -hmm. and then you have like, these people that look like they came out of a running or a running magazine and, and then we'll go out and race and I'll, you know, I'll finish like top what I'm not. Okay. Now I'm not bragging, but you know, top five, whatever. And, um, those people coming in and are coming in far behind me. They were never even, and it's not, I don't race to be competitive and beat people, but it's just like, I look, you know, I I get so intimidated and I don't have that. I don't walk in like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to take this or definitely not at all. But do you, what well, I guess what I'm trying to explore, cause even, even I'll throw myself in there is like, you don't walk in that way. You don't portray that, but like internally, you know, in this race, like I'm going to compete and I'm going to do well. Um, or I, I, it's outside of even like, uh, performance to me, it's more like, I know who I am. I, yeah. So when we, th- when we take, yeah, well, let's go outside of performance and athletics. I'm, right. I'm confident in the person that I am. Yeah. I'm not confident. It's not, you know, the athletic or the performance side. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do carry a confidence that I definitely did not have when I was 20. Right. Um, and, but that that's just not a physical thing. I think that comes from all the barriers that I have overcome yeah. starting, you know, starting my journey and then all the experience that I've, that I've had, um, throughout the years and my different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I'm so I'm like, I'm driven and I'm hard work. Not just like this mile is just, a um, an example of my work ethic. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, when it comes to like doing a project or putting together like our fire, my husband's fire department right now, we do the a Christmas thing. And it's just like thinking about every little detail for that and not letting like no, no stones go and turn. Like mm-hmm. you just every single detail or, um, even at the school, it's like, what can I do? What can we, you know, what 
I don't want anything to just be. I always want to try to make things better. And, and, um, I think that helps raise your confidence when you can tack, when you can find things like that, tackle them and make something better. And, mm-hmm. um, kind of get what I'm saying. You yeah, know? I think so. Um, and, and then it's kind of like, I can do this and I can do this really well, right? but I don't know. I might be a hard person to work with sometimes because of that, because mm. I am a visionary. So, right. I have this vision and it's detailed and then it's and not to say that it can't change, but I'm definitely not going to let it be cut short mm-hmm. of what that, of what that vision is, you know, for sure. High so, expectations for sure. For anything. sure. But I think it, uh, when Dieter Cocken mentioned that, that mm-hmm. made sense to me of like, I try to portray because it's what I appreciate. Like, again, the more of the human humble side of life. And I appreciate that side of it, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, I, I related to myself being a real estate agent, right? Like when I go into a real estate appointment, oftentimes you're competing with another agent of like, who's going to list my house. Right? right. It depends on the setting. Sometimes they just want to work with you and that's the end of it. But sometimes they are, Hey, you're competing with five agents, whoever I feel the most confident about, that's who I'm going to pick. Right. Where the confidence within me isn't necessarily like I'm a better agent, but it's more like I will do all of the hard things. So I believe I'm the right agent for you. And that like, I don't know. So I feel like it, what I'm trying to say is I feel like it's like you consistently doing the hard things over and over and over again. Like you telling yourself this, is what I'm going to do. And you actually do it is what like breeds that confidence. Is it? Yes, for sure. And that like in the moment of the run, it's not necessarily like, Hey, I'm so confident I'm going to beat you, but it's more like I will do whatever is hard, whatever, I'll you know what I mean? do whatever it takes right. to push myself to. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you like blend that? Cause there's some huge value to that confidence of, I will do whatever it takes. Right. Mm-hmm. With again, appreciating the humble side of life of like keeping yourself checked or whatever it might be. But how do you like blend those two? Hmm. You have good questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, they're kind of two separate things. They are two very two separate things, you know? Sure. So yeah. I don't know. I get, I just, when it comes to being humble, I, I see that as just being grounded. And mm-hmm. um, I know that I'm not better than anybody else. I, I've never thought that. Um, mm-hmm. But, my it's tough eh? it is it's yeah yeah i don't know my confidence my internal confidence is what gets me through the day is what gets me to conquer my goals um i'm more i'm worried about myself i'm not worried about those around me sure um my humility I, I believe I'm a very humble person because I still am able to balance that drive within myself, but have empathy and and consider those around me at the same time. Sure. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think so. Speaking. No, I think so. Um, my wheels are turning, so yeah, and some I don't of these know questions are, are coming out. Yeah, no, yeah. some of these questions are like impossible to answer, right? But it's yeah, just things I that know, I'm thinking about. Yeah, I know. They're great things to reflect on, for um, sure. Because I think you can take a part of me wonders like, is there an element of humility and like keep yourself in your place that can go too far where it's too negative and it really holds somebody back. Right. Um, not necessarily. I don't know. There's so many elements to it. Yeah. Right. 
But if you're prone to be really hard on yourself, that can be like you where it's like, hey, I'm gonna do this thing and I'm gonna do it all the time. Or it can be like, I'm really hard on myself and it's taking me down this dark path. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like you can go two different directions with the same thing. Right. Just like with confidence can be, I'm arrogant and let me tell you why. Yes. Or I'm super confident and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish this goal or whatever, right? And that's the, yeah, that's the positive confident right person um the other one not so much right again no perfect answers right but, um part of what i'm trying to explore to me is like there's a it takes a unique individual i think to run i mean obviously a mile a day for seven years or do any of these things and like what is it that that person has or what is it that you have that has you do that versus 99.9 percent .9 of the rest of the world who they don't have that whatever that extra thing is and again, I know you're not trying to elevate yourself, but I'm just curious about what is that or why. Like I, I said, know. I'm a, I'm a visual person and I, and I see the person that I want to be. Mm -hmm. I can see her. I can see me being that person. I mean, thank goodness I'm very close to that person now that, you know, compared to 10, 15 years ago. Um, but I want to exuberate health and sure. that's not just health. That's, I want to, um, smile at people and when, and bring joy, you know, bring mm -hmm. joy to people. I want to um, feel good when in my own skin. I want to feel good when I'm teaching a class, and I want to feel confident when I'm in front of my students, so that they they trust me. And um, I want to be energetic, and I want to bring energy to those around me. I want to um, help people come out of a help people come out of a funk and mm -hmm. like share my joy with them and, and hopefully bring them some joy too. Um, so I'm losing with the, with the whole, mm -hmm. what original. What, yeah. What pushes you, but also the combining the humility, the confidence, all that kind of stuff, exploring that whole world. But. Yeah. So the visual. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I just want to exuberate like this <clears throat> positive entity. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to be. And then knowing when I get up and, in the morning and this run streak, for example, um, committing to that makes me, it's a stepping stone to be that person. It's just like, I have a checkbox. This is what you have to do to be that positive person in the world mm -hmm. that brings joy and, and does these great things for your students and your community and your family and your friends. Mm -hmm. And there's a checkbox. And I can't do a lot of those things in the checkbox unless I, have that for me. Mm -hmm. I have that physical movement and I'm taking care of myself. You know, I'm taking care of myself physically, which in turn gives me that positive mindset, which in turn allows me to be that person for all those people. Sure. So it's just, it's just like I said, it's a, it's just do it. You know, like Nike, I, I it's just something I have to do mm -hmm. because if I don't do that, can I be that person at this point? I guess, I guess I really don't know right. because I haven't, you know, um, and it's so important to me to be that person because I don't want to be the person that I was 20 years ago. Yeah. Or eight, 17 years ago when I was 20 years old. So if, and I didn't always do the run, I didn't start the run streak at 20. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always had movement and health in some aspect in my life since then. So to let that go and the chance, which I know now it probably wouldn't happen, but the chance of ever falling back into that, I don't, I don't want to take that chance. Mm -hmm. For sure. So that is, I think what drives me 
I'm happy with my, I'm very happy with my life and I'm happy with the person I've become and I feel I'm fulfilled and I'm balanced and um, I feel really happy and blessed with everything that I have and, and who I am and I don't ever want to lose that. Right. And if this is the key that opens up my door and and allows me to be that person, then then I'm going to, I'm, I'm, why would I give it up? Yeah. Why would I not be committed? Right, right. So... Tessie had mentioned that you had done some Red Bull challenges or something like that, right? Yes. Um, I want to save that for a bit though. So I want to, I want to ask you about that, but okay. the, all of what we're just talking about, right? The, like you feel like you're, you find huge value in being that person of spreading positivity, whatever else. Yes. Have you thought about like, and we even talked about that moment where you're like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Like it all fits this large theme, right? Right. Um, like that's your calling in life, right? Have you thought about that? Like what's, what's the, your purpose potentially, or like, I'm tying that into, and I may talk about it is the book I'm just finished reading called man's search for meaning. I should know. I just got done reading it, but either way, uh, I'll talk about that in a sec, but do you feel like that is like your calling or your, it must be right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. it's not just for those that I teach directly. It's not just for the clients that I've, that I've worked with or work with. It's not, for my class attendees, it's not just for my students, but it's um, for anyone that is around me that I get to come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, like I said, I've I've come over a big. I've I came through a lot of challenges to get to this point back when I was in college. Yeah. Um, and totally changed my life, turned my life around. So if I can do that, and be the person that I am today and accomplish all that I've accomplished. How cool is it that I can take those tools and now hand them over to all these other people that I get to come in contact with? And that's the cool thing about me teaching now. I tell my students all the time, I know I know you guys are 16, I know you're 17, I know you're 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And half the things that I'm talking about are going in one ear and out the other, or maybe you're listening, but you're. I understand that you're not going to start applying all of them immediately. But my hope is that I am giving you tools to put in a toolbox. Mm -hmm. And when you're 20, 21, 22, and maybe some of you are starting families and maybe you're stressed out with the demands of life and, or maybe some of you become um, chronically ill or diseased or, you know, injured, whatever it may be, or you find yourself depressed. that you think back and you think, you know what? Somewhere deep inside, I have these tools that were once given to me. And even if you have to refresh them, you can still pull them out. And and if they, that can make a positive impact and change those kids' lives at some point down the road or anyone's life after I've worked with them, then that, yeah. And that is what I hope. That's my hope. That's mm-hmm. why I do what I do. That is what I think my calling is. Yeah. His, uh, the book that I talked about, Man's Search for Meaning, it's a psychologist from over in Europe. I should know the country, but either way, got put in the concentration camps during World War II. Okay. uh, Overcame that, like somehow against all odds, survived and wrote this book on logotherapy. And and again, it's the search for the meaning of life, basically, right? Yeah. And that the meaning is one of three things and it can be all of them within the same person or seasons of life. It can change whatever else. It's either a love for somebody, a mother, a daughter, a son, whatever it might take, like loving someone unconditionally. Um, Ultimate sacrifice. 
like not meaning like ultimate sacrifice of like giving your life up, but like through intense struggle that is unavoidable. So somebody like a terminally ill cancer patient even can find like crazy meaning in the struggle of the cancer or whatever it might be. Right. Or any, anything along those lines, intense struggle, somebody through a concentration camp, living yeah. like that. But the, the third big one is uh, fully accepting responsibility for what your calling is essentially. Mm. Um, and so like a huge part of a lot of people's meaning for life is that like, what's your calling? What are you meant to do? What are you put on like you uniquely? What are you put on this earth to do? Right. Yeah. Um, and that's different for everybody. Right. And right. even within the, the health, wellness, the fitness world, like there's a, there's an aspect of it that's unique to totally you, uh, that is your calling and that gives you huge m- amounts of purpose or whatever else. So like that to me is pretty crazy. Just thinking about that because for each person that's different, right. I don't know. But to me, like when you're saying all that, that to me, it makes total sense of like how, why wouldn't you have a ton of like peace from all that? Right. Yeah. Right. And right. The, just the fact that it's, it's my story and it, it's internal This this thing, this journey happened to me and I can, I can relate to a lot of people and mm-hmm. the struggles that they're dealing with. Um, there are some, and I'm not saying they're bad, but I mean, there are probably a lot of personal trainers, a lot of, a lot of health coaches, fitness coaches, especially in today's world with social media that are in it for the, for the, uh, like the social aspect sure. of it. Um, and, or maybe, you know, just the financial, the financial gains that can come from it. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people don't have that, that in turn, I don't think they have that internal drive like I do right. where I can, you know, relate to something like how do some of these, we'll say Instagram health coaches mm. or, you know, trainers that might not even be certified. They're taking on clients and they're making thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's just, it's all, it's all a gimmick. And you mm-hmm. know, it, that's a whole new world. Right. Um, but how do how are they helping people internally? Right. How are they really deeply impacting people and changing their lives? And here they are benefiting financially from it. Um, yeah, it's it's two totally different things. Yeah. Would you agree from the outside looking in? And obviously there's always exceptions, right? But for the general rule, the ones who are a gimmick are probably living a pretty empty life. Like they, that's not their calling, not their meaning and their... Oh, for sure. There's no way it could be their calling. Right. Yeah. If, if the people that we're talking about, if they are truly gimmicks, right. yeah, it's not internally satisfying anything. It can't, mm-hmm. it can't be. It's right. just satisfying a bank so, account maybe. Yeah. So what would you rather have though? You know what I mean? Like you always hear about these people that are living that kind of a lifestyle. That oh, are internal inside, fulfillment right? for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could trade that for millions, but Mm-mm. what for, right? Right. Um, yeah. That, that's pretty exciting, that whole thought process of that, what that book is for me, just thinking about like, but then I think how many people, myself included at times in life or whatever, like, what if you didn't have that? That'd be so hard. And a lot of people don't, like most people I think do not have that. They don't have that. Like whatever you have. And that, again, we're not trying that to put, purpose. Yeah, the purpose, right? The, the yeah. calling of that, what's your unique responsibility, right? right? Or if they do, there it's too scary to pursue it, or the certain limits they're within don't let them. But it feels like always there's a if there's a will, there's a way, right? Yes, totally. So regardless of what your limits are, there's always a way of to somehow get there. I, they, it's just a loss, right? Your loss, you don't know. They 
some people, I thank goodness I was 20 mm-hmm. when my compass decided to point me in the right direction. <laughs> right. Um, but not to say that everyone's 20, you yeah. know, and there may be people in their 40s, 50s um, that their compass never aligned. And maybe yeah. that's, here we go with the questions now, maybe that's a internal is it their fault? Is it is it them not seeing or, or trying to find it? Or does it come to somebody? Or is it a little bit of both? Is it natural? Yeah. How much work are you supposed to put in? I think uh, so many layers with all those onions, yeah. right? But I think eventually it always comes down to the individual. But from the outside looking in, you can clearly say like, hey, the, your condition in life, like your parents' outlook of blinders on, this is what we're going to look at is why you're still that way. But eventually it's like, wait, you need to take responsibility and, and, and be open to it. But I think it all comes back to like, how open are you to these things? You know what I mean? Like, is this something you ever think about? Like what's important to you? What gives you purpose? Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also too thinking like we talk about confidence is there's like this thing where it's like, if you go and you fail and you fail and you fail, your confidence goes down and down and down. Eventually you say, no, I'm going to stay in my little lane right here. Right. I'm not fulfilled, but I'm safe. Right. Right. Whereas I think it was, somebody was on here, a friend of mine, Wyatt, where he's like, he had heard that success breeds success and success breeds confidence or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it can be too. Right. Is like doing the hard things always, no matter what, right. Yes. It gives you that confidence, which breeds success, which leads you down this path, which leads you to being open to like receiving or understanding what that purpose is. Right. Whereas you wouldn't necessarily get there if you were on a failure part, but there's, there's value in overcoming failure too. So I don't know. You could talk yourself in circles all day. Yes, you could. Right. That, yeah. It, you just made a good circle there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And thinking about that, again, thinking about the, the run streak, for example, and I do have to point out, I'm not the only, you know, there are other people that do this. In fact, there's mm. one lady that takes my fitness classes and she actually started the same day as me and she mm. still does it. Unreal. And there was another local gal. I'm not sure if she's still doing it, but she was doing it for quite a few years too. And I know she had didn't even know she started until years later. Huh. And we were like, oh, we both started on Thanksgiving Day 2015 just from the Runner's World campaign right. that they did that year. Huh. Um, but um, I've done all sorts of challenges. And I don't do the challenge. Again, somebody from the outside might look at it and you know, I think that I do these challenges to prove something or, mm-hmm. to, or to give myself a certain name, but it's all internal. It's, it's me proving to myself that when there's a will, there's a way. And, mm-hmm. and every time I do it, it's just like sticking a dull pencil and a pencil sharpener and turning it sure. three or four times. Like I'm just sharpening my pencil a little more every time I conquer a new challenge and um, building that confidence so that I can't, you know, there, there are days where I'm doubting myself on something and then I'll, I'll say to my husband, well, why do, why do, why, why, why can't I do that? I'm Stacy. Mm-hmm. I've ran a, a mile for seven, you know, I've one year I did 10,000 pushups. One year I did a hundred thousand jumping jacks. And these are just stupid little things that I've made up for myself. Right. One year, one month I did 100 miles cross-country skiing. And again, it's not a huge feat, but I I just come up with these little challenges because that's me just sharpening my pencil Mm -hmm. and making sure every time I do a challenge, I'm just building that confidence and proving to myself that no matter what you do, you can do it. Because in all those things that I just listed off, there there were so many things that battled me to stop, to to stop me from conquering that, those challenges. But, um... I've overcome them all. So yeah. now when it's something 
as simple as, you know, or go back to school so you can start teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an overwhelming, when you think about it, that's overwhelming, but why can't I do it? Right. I've done all these other things, my pencil sharp. Um, and, you know, that's like, that kind of brought me into what I am today and fulfilling my purpose. But mm-hmm. would I have done that without that confidence? I don't know. Right. Right. What is the Red Bull challenges or what are, what are those? I'm not familiar. Oh, that <laughs> one of the worst, it was great experience, but physically demanding. Um, honestly, I didn't know anything about it until it came to the UP. There was a Red Bull challenge, um, a copper peak in Ironwood. Okay. And it was a 400 meter run up copper peak. So are you familiar with the, the ski jump? Yeah. Yeah. So the wooden ski jump and then there's the landing, which is a grass hill, um, so to speak. So you start at the bottom of the grass hill, you run up the grass hill, you're with a crew of people, they put you in heats. Um, Bread Bull sponsors it and they do, I think it's seven or nine of them around the world hmm. at different ski jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, so you run up the grass hill and then you there's a ramp that gets you to the bottom of the wooden ski jump because it's, I don't know, we'll say six feet from off the ground. So you get to the top of the hill, get up on the ramp, get to the bottom of the, the ski jump and then you run up the ski jump. Um, it's only 400 meters, is it? 400 meters. Yeah. Um, but it is excruciating. Yeah. Um, it was, I always say, <laughs> it was the worst pain that I've ever had. It was even worse than childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I say now, but I don't know. Well, I'd have to rethink that one. But I mean, it was it was that bad. There's There are people at the top with oxygen tanks and you get to the top and you collapse um and they're you know they're there putting oxygen masks on you so that you can breathe and there's people vomiting over the side and and then you get down off the wooden ramp and you're at the top of the grass hill and they have medics there and doctors and they make you wait and make sure that you're okay so that you can go back down but um it did come local so you know it came to ironwood and i thought well two hours away you you have to Mm -hmm. try so i did do it the first year that it was here um and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, that first, when I got done, I, I mean, I was crying. It was that hard. Yeah. And then I had, I can't remember details, but I had placed in like the top 10 and the top 10 got to compete again for $1,000. So I'm crying. I did it, but I was like relieved. I conquered this. And then I didn't know this. I had to run it again that day. Yeah. Um. So I ran it again that I ran it twice and I, I'm never doing this again. I'm never coming back here. Then of course the next year it came back and well it's here like how do you pass up this opportunity and went and did it again yeah um, but yeah th- that's what the Red Bull challenge is it was it was a cool experience to be a part of um, they do all sorts of crazy challenges it's not always that but they do that specific ski hill run race mm-hmm. um, like I said throughout the world there's like like seven or nine of them right but right no, I was just curious what that was but then tying it back to Again, like you going back to school, right? Yeah. You said that you had the confidence based on these past successes that gave you confidence to do that even, right? Yeah. Um, but we, And we're talking about like the meaning of life and your purpose and your calling and doing some of these things and having the confidence to do it. Doesn't it feel like that's harder to do as you get older? Like there's an age component of it. Like the more you're in this certain track, it's each year that goes by, it's harder to get out of that track almost. Does that make sense? Um, as I say that, not if you're intentionally living a life that lets you challenge those things, but I'm saying just the typical 
life trajectory potentially. Anyways, I'm curious your thoughts on that. You think it's harder to get out of the path? Yeah. Like going back to school at age 45 or, or we're talking about, Hey, like finding your calling, right. And doing what you're meant to do. And, and it feels like once you're an engineer and you're an engineer till you're 45 and your calling is actually helping people with their health and wellness. Like it's really hard to get out of that. I can see what you're saying. My story was a little different just because, um, I, while I was in health and fitness, I worked at Aspirus at the time. And the reason why I got out of working there and decided to go back to school was, um, I ended up getting a promotion and it put me at the desk Mm -hmm. more, um, more throughout the day than on the floor working with people, which is what we said, you know, I, I believe my calling is working with people, helping people. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that through personal training and class instruction, fitness class instruction. Um, and then once I got this promotion, then I had to give up a lot of my clientele. I had to give up my classes. I still got to do a little bit, but a majority of my work was behind the desk doing more management work. And I thought I'm, you know, I'm only in my young thirties, I'm not doing this for the rest of my time. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, what do you do? Do you, do you tell your boss like, Hey, listen, I, I want to go back out on the floor, hire somebody now to take this position and come be my boss, Mm -hmm. um, or my supervisor. And I just thought, you know, I, there's gotta be a better way to go about this. Mm -hmm. So then I ended up, um, doing the master's degree and, and start teaching. However, as I get older, I, and it might be different for some people, but not only have I built my confidence and proved myself that I'm capable of whatever I put my mind to, mm-hmm. um, I think age also helps that I mean, the older, I mean, you say like, think of a senior, like they get, they can walk around and say what they want and do what they want. And right. like, that's just, you know, that's the great part about aging. And now that I don't know, as I get older, it's just, it's kind of like you could, you, I don't, this sounds silly, but you're, you become like, you're getting closer to being the king of the forest. Sure. You know? And, um, I, I feel like I have, my age is my experience. So, and my experience, um, and my dedication and my work ethic, I'm able to conquer anything. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about confidence how there's a positive and a negative side of it yeah and humility there's a positive and a negative side of it yeah i feel like that same how you can go down either direction like we're talking like the ability to change and adapt and and mm-hmm. uh find your calling and and make a change whatever it's the same deal there's like two trajectories mm-hmm. one is like hey i'm open to this and one is no i'm getting further and further down whatever my path is you know what i mean yeah uh because like I understand what you're saying and it makes sense that as time goes by, you get more and more confident, but I feel like there's this other track. Maybe you're confident within whatever your real house is, but like yeah. you're not confident to make change. Like change, I feel like is change a really is big hard. struggle, right? Yeah. Change is hard. Um, and like I said, for me, it was a little bit different than most people because I did go, I mean, even though they're different, my two professions are closely related mm-hmm. in some aspect. So it wasn't like I was engineering and then switched over to teaching English, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, just a totally different profession. I'm, I'm kind of doing what I've always, I've always sure. taught just in a, on a smaller scale. I right. mean, I was teaching one-on-one or I was teaching small group or, you know, but I still, I still was teaching just in a different way. And now I'm just teaching yeah, on, in a, on a larger scale. Sure. Sure. The, 
I've got one last question unless you've got anything else. Did we miss anything that? Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay. And this is just a selfish question for me, but I, I'm exploring <laughs> the uh, kind of that don't quit mentality. Mm-hmm. Also, like what does this whole world mean to you as far as the, the training and all that kind of stuff? But mm-hmm. what would you think of a, a through hike, like hiking the Appalachian trail or the Pacific crest trail or something like that? Is like, does that excite you at all? Are you familiar with those? It does more now interest me more now than it would have 10 years ago. Okay. Um, 10 years ago I was, like I said, it was my, my fitness and my exercise, the fitness side of things of health is not just fitness. Mm -hmm. Like I want to make that clear. So my, the fitness box of my, of my health and my wellness would have said, Oh, why do that? Why not just, you know, stay focused on these, on this route, on these, smaller routines and, and work towards these smaller goals and these higher intensity workouts and the strength training program and this and that. But, um, now my fitness has adapted more into movement, just movement and move for what it does for me mentally more than it does just for me physically. Mm-hmm. So yes, to do something like that. And I mean, how cool would that be? Not just physically, but mentally. Just being out there. Yeah. Just being out there um, and having that, that long-term, that time to be out there and, and to have those, those moments that with yourself and to be getting the movement in at the same time, like right now, even at this point in my life, even though I do a run streak, I'd rather go walk four miles with my family than sprint two miles. Mm -hmm. Even if my heart rate's not getting as high or um, I'm not burning as many calories. Like I said, it's not about that right. anymore. It's more just about getting the the physical movement and finding that balance and, and appreciating what it does for me mentally and physically. So something like that would be, would be awesome. Yeah. Would you do you like, what's the percentage of you doing that? The odds of you doing that in your life? Like for me, I, even though I talk about it all the time and I really, I don't know, I was going to say that it's a low odds, but maybe not. I don't know. But anyways, I'm just curious for you. Like what, like reality of it actually happening what would you think um i don't know we'll say 50 percent. i mean i'd have to have the the time the time is the big thing right yeah the time commitment and that's i've actually never ran a full marathon Hmm. and it's because i i honestly don't want to commit the time just to running i commit the time to fitness sure that it takes you know but i don't want to just commit that time to running um which is why the training, I just, I've honestly never had interest in, in doing that because I like to do a variety of, of physical activity. So mm-hmm. we'll say 50%, hmm. like maybe it's now, I mean, I've never really seriously considered it, right. but now that you put the bug in my ear, right. it might be just one of those things. Yeah. I got to send you a video on YouTube. It's called, no, 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 I'll find it. I'll send it to you about the Pacific Crest Trail. Like you watch that and you'll be fired up. Like, let's go next summer. All right. Well, yeah, you might be getting a phone call from me. (laughs) Send it over. Yeah. No. And I, I, again, who knows where life takes you. Currently, I don't see a way that I can do it till I'm retired unless I somehow brought my family with me. Like the kids came with and they actually hiked it too. Yeah. Or like they leapfrogged along with me or something like that. So how long does it take the? Probably three months at least. Three to five. Teaching, you know, my, you know, summers are open. Yeah. You could do it in the summer for sure. (laughs) I think people have, you might be doing 20 miles a day instead of 10 miles a day or something like that. But yeah, which is doable once you get your legs underneath you. Right. Yeah. But 
either way it's fun to hear about stacy thanks for hopping on fun to uh just explore what that all means to you and then even get into that whole like meaning of life thing and again there's no like no super exciting and and chart i'm like charged up right now yeah yeah no thank you for the opportunity yeah we should uh if you do take it to another level or even some it's just fun to think about like exploring this kind of stuff is do a follow-up someday yeah for sure maybe at that point maybe 75 hard is yeah. Is in my calling. Yeah, me too. I'm going to do it again. But again, I want to wrap it up a level. Yeah. And what would that be for you? Well, again, put excuses on it, but we've had three little ones. So a lot yeah. of it was... No, that's a good excuse. Good reason. Sure. Right. But I'm just saying like, there's a part of me that's like wanting to preface it, even though maybe I shouldn't have to. But a lot of our exercise were like, hey, all we got time for, and it's not even time, all we can fit in our like brain space is a walk right so we're gonna Mm -hmm. go for a walk which it can be that right um but still felt huge improvement from it but like it'd be fun to have at least one of the two workouts every day be a physically demanding workout more than just a walk even though two 45 minute walks is still way more than zero right um but having one of them be like i have to climb ripley or throw a pack on or whatever or Mm -hmm. actual workout like at least one of every day be a hard workout um I think that's what it would be. The big part of it is the uh, having one of the workouts every day be a pretty intense workout. Well, uh, just remember what I said. Ten years ago, I would have been the same way, and now I'd, two 45-minute walks is maybe, well, a mile would have to be a run. Right. But two 45-minute two walks would just be, would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I but I see you, your goal setter, so. Mm-hmm kicking it up a notch i can i can see where you're coming from right right but no that's fun follow up some days in order for sure okay sounds good thank you so much yeah thank you hey guys thank you for listening today i hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you